So today we're going to wrap up our series, Mean People and What to Do About Them, and want to welcome those of you over in COZAD, thanks for joining in, and those of you online, thanks for joining in wherever uh, you might be in the country. Um, so we have been going through this series, uh, Mean People and What to Do About Them, and uh, and hopefully it's been relevant because I think all of us have, have had to deal with mean people. And, uh, and how many of you um, have ever had to be um, mean? No, I'm just kidding. Don't. <laughs> You're like, yeah, like, oh, I don't want to admit that, right? Um, but, <clears throat> that, you know, in, in this series, we've, we've talked about the fact that mean people, they kind of throw us off balance, right? I mean, it's it's almost like unfair fighting, and, and because what happens as Jesus followers, we still have this, this na- sin nature in us, and, and I'm just going to call that our default setting, right? And we're so used to going back to our default setting that when people throw us you know, off balance, we, we don't, it's like we don't have enough time for the Spirit of God to catch up in us as quickly as it is that we go to our default setting of our flesh, and then... And then all of a sudden we find ourselves doing something that we maybe not would necessarily otherwise do if we had a little bit of time to, to think it through and, and to think about it. So, you know, we end up doing what I called the iron rule uh, last week is do unto others as they have done unto you, right? If you're going to be mean, I'm going to be mean. If you're going to be hateful, I'm going to be hateful. If you're going to insult me, I'm going to insult you. If you're going to mock me, I'm going to mock you. I mean... Whatever it is you do, I'm going to do, and I might do it just a little bit more just to make sure I'm a little bit ahead, right? And, uh, and then they're kind of like, oh, that was a little bit too much, and so I'm going to come back at you, and then it just never ends. And, and, and I think sometimes it's just because, you know, in the reaction, in the moment, we're, we're not sure what to do, and we're throwing off balance a little bit. Or worse, we do what you know we call the bully rule, which is do unto others as someone else has done unto you. Maybe maybe you have you know someone in authority over you, and you can't really you know say anything back to them, or you can't you know you just don't really have much recourse, and so you know you, you just kind of take it and you absorb it, and then you hold on to it, and you're not sure where to go with it, and so you're looking for an offense to be able to offload it. And, uh, and, and oftentimes, I mean, if you're raising kids, you don't have to look too far for an offense, right? Uh, so, you know, oftentimes it's our spouse, it's our kids, or those close to us that we end up offloading a little bit of extra uh, juice, a little bit of extra emotion, uh, because we've picked it up from somewhere else. And we've talked about the fact that being offended is inevitable, but living offended well, that's a choice, and especially as Jesus followers. I mean, and, and in a world that is, 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 seems to think that somehow or another we could, we could get to a place in this world where everyone uh, could live and not offend someone else, <laughs> it's, uh, it's just, uh, that's extraordinary to me that we would actually think that that could actually happen. Um, but, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to heaven. But in this world, you're, you're going to get offended. But living that way, man, that, that's just a horrible way uh, to live. And as Jesus followers, for sure, um, there's no need for us to live that way. Because when we do, we just end up becoming just like someone we don't even really like. And, and so that's kind of what we've talked about in the last couple of weeks. And today I kind of want to 
I want to drill down on a specific area and look at what Jesus had to say and look in the New Testament of what uh, the Apostle Paul had to say about this specific subject. But this is kind of what I want to drill down on is mean people expose our current levels of security or insecurity and how kingdom-minded we have become as Jesus followers. See, when, when someone comes along and says something that's rude to me, says something that's mean to me, does something that, that offends me, or does, he's like, whoa, you know, that, that, that was kind of rude, or that was kind of mean, or where did that come from? It, it's like it squeezes us. And, and stuff, you know, w- when you get squeezed, it's kind of like, you know, what, what do I say? What comes out of me? When, when someone comes along and is mean to me, it's like, it's like I get squeezed and the first thing that, that comes out of me is my, comes from my default setting, from, from my sin nature. And, and it's the first thing I, I reach to. And, and then we're kind of like, well, isn't, isn't when someone is mean to you and, and they stoop this low and so you react to them and, and so you're this mean to them because they were mean and, and then as adults, we're kind of like, but they were mean first. Okay, right? You're kind of like, okay, we're, we're adults now, but we don't typically, and we still struggle with dealing with mean people in adult-like manners. And, and it's just the way our world works. And so there is a way for us to shine a light that's brighter than, than any light that is going on in our world right now. But in order for us to do this, it's going to take some things that I think uh, are super, super important. Because I can do good in the face of evil when I know who I am and whose I am. See, I'm able to... I'm able to, to face when someone does something that's evil to me, when, when someone offends me, or when someone says something mean to me, when someone does something that's rude, or it's just like, where in the, what in the world were they thinking? See, when I know whose I am, the only way that in those moments that I can rise above it and not just lower myself to the same level that they are at, the only way that I'm going to do that as a Jesus follower is if I'm not acting out of my insecurities, but I know who I am and I know whose I am. I am allowing Jesus to define who I am, and I know that I belong to my Heavenly Father, I am one of His children, and I am perfectly secure there. When, when that's the case, then I have a shot I have a shot to actually have top shelf living, not bottom shelf living. I have an ability, I, I, I have a chance to rise above it rather than lower myself to the same place of it. And Jesus kind of wants to push us to this. And this is, this is what I would call, you know, this is where the rubber meets the road as Jesus followers and, and, and there's a difference between us coming to gather as a church, and there's a difference between us raising our hands and closing our eyes and singing the songs and feeling close to God, and there's a difference between us having our devotions in our morning and having our quiet time and praying to God and feeling close to Him, 
And then when we go through our day and the first mean person I run into, I find myself being just as mean back and insulting and mocking as they were to me. This is where the rubber meets the road. It's not in all of the, the singing. It's not in the gathering. It's checking the box saying I went to church. It's not in the quiet times. Hopefully all of those times prepare us for those moments, and that's what they should do is prepare us for those moments so we're not caught as much off guard as we typically are. And so we're going to jump into Luke chapter 6. If you have your paper Bibles, you can... Uh, you can open those if you have your phones or uh, tablets, whatever you have, you can open it there too. One of these weeks, I'm going to be over the crud. I just don't know which week it's going to be. All right, Luke chapter 6, verse 22. What blessings await you? This is Jesus speaking. What blessings await you? Luke records it. What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you? As evil because you follow the Son of Man. Okay. Okay, time out, Jesus. Okay, this is going in a strange direction. What blessings await you? What happiness awaits you? When people hate you, have, has anyone ever hated you? I remember the first time uh, in my life when there was this guy like, like, he doesn't just dislike me, he like hates me. Like, I'm pretty sure if he could, like, take me out, he, he, would, it would, he would be glad to do that. I was like, wow, I have never experienced hatred like that. That's, that's, ex that's extraordinary. Blessings await you when people hate you, exclude you. You ever been excluded? Those of you in high school, you've never been excluded, have you? I mean, you've been invited to everything, right? No? You've been excluded? Oh, man. I know exactly how you feel. I know exactly how you feel. Because as a pastor, do you know how many people want to invite me to their parties? <laughs> Nobody, right? That's way too much accountability. We don't want the pastor coming to this deal, right? So, you know, you ever been excluded, mocked, cursed? I was thinking about my dad, and, uh, and this was so interesting. So um, my brother, Nate, uh, he used to work, at Miller Repair, and, uh, and my dad worked on the railroad for 40 years and was electrician there on the railroad, and, and, uh, and so Nate t t told, told me this story. It's kind of it's interesting. So there's this, this guy that worked on the railroad and must have did some farming or, you know, haying or whatever on the side. He needed some parts, so, and Nate was working there, and he was at the front counter, and this guy came in and, uh, and was needed some parts. And, and if you know my brother Nate, um, I'm an introvert, so I would much rather hide. I can get on stage and talk to people, but we're not having a conversation. <laughs> so uh, I, after this, I would much rather hide. Uh, but Nate, he'll talk to anybody forever. And uh, so he's talking to this guy, and you know, he finds out his last name's Nate or his last name's Most, and and uh, and so the guy is like. Oh, well, you're not any relation to Holy Harry, are you? And, and Nate's kind of like, okay, I'm representing Miller Repair. Um, so I'm, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm in conflict here because this guy obviously did not like Harry most very well and, uh, and referred to him as Holy Harry. So Nate didn't tell him um, that that is actually my dad. 
And uh, so this guy actually, he went on to tell this story. He's like, yeah, we were going to hang up some girly pictures in, in the break room at, at the railroad, and holy Harry wouldn't let us do it. And, uh, and so here he is, what? Being mocked, being cursed, outside of that. And my brother in that moment couldn't have been more proud of his father than to have that reputation at that moment. And I guarantee you, my dad probably had the nickname at work, Holy Harry, which I'm sure he really appreciated. See, this is going to happen. This is different ways of being offended. And especially as Jesus followers, this is going to happen. See, when that happens, Jesus says, be happy. Yes, leap for joy, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And, and maybe this is the problem, right? Because that just seems way, way far off. I mean, that, a reward in heaven? I'm not, I'm, I mean, I want to go there. I'm just not planning on going there for a long, long time, right? So maybe it's kind of like, oh, man, okay, well, there's a reward coming when we do the right thing, but it seems far off. But to you who are willing, goes on in verse 27, but to you who are willing to listen, and, and here's the thing, this subject is difficult, and it's a difficult teaching, and part of us, and part of you watching online, maybe over in Cozad, you're, you're just going to be like, okay, well, you know, this sounds great, Eric, but it's totally unrealistic. To which I'm sure in, you know, Jesus is talking to his audience and he's thinking, they're going to be thinking, this is totally unrealistic. So to those of you who want to listen, to those of you who, who want to open your ears and say, gosh, I don't want to just sing the songs. I don't want to just have a quiet time. I don't want to just have a prayer time. That's not really just my relationship with God. I actually want to follow him on an everyday basis. And I realize that this is part of the deal. For those of you who are willing to listen, I say, Jesus says, love your enemies. <laughs> okay. I mean, who does that? The answer is no one. No one in this world, except for maybe those who Jesus has said, you know what? I want you to live in a different way. And those of you brave enough, those of you who have enough courage those of you who have found your security in me and not the things of this world, you have not found your security in what you do for a living, you have not found your security in, you know what, what you look like in the mirror, you haven't found your security from your spouse or from someone else, you haven't found your security in what it is you do, whether you're an athlete, whether you play golf, whether you can shoot a basketball, whether you can throw a football, whatever it might be, you're not finding your security in anything that you do, you're finding your security in who Jesus says you are. It's then that we're able to love our enemies, do good to those who hate you. What does that look like? Sometimes that looks like I'm not going to say anything in this moment because I'm, I'm really wanting to react, and if I react, I'm going to go back to my default setting, which is right straight out of my flesh, and I will lower myself to the place where you are, and I just refuse to do that. So in this moment, I'm not going to say anything. Maybe it's just repaying them with a compliment rather than an insult. Maybe it's just trying to understand, you know what, 
hurt people hurt people. So I'm just trying to understand, you must have some hurt, and, and, and I'm so sorry that you must have so much hurt in you and that, that you are finding it necessary to bully it and, 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 and expo, you know, expel it out of you and pour it all over me. That's kingdom-mindedness. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who hurt you. You ever been hurt recently? Been hurt recently? Anybody? Praying for them? Have you turned and said, man, I just, I'm going to turn and I'm going to pray for that individual or those individuals who have hurt me? If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. I mean, who does that? If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Okay, Jesus, this doesn't work. Like, this isn't going to get us anywhere. Like, if, do you realize that all around the world there is meetings and gatherings of people who worship Jesus and he never picked up a sword, and he never picked up a weapon, and he never ever went to war to gain his influence. It's extraordinary. The entire Western civilization has been shaped without any of that. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. You know what this takes? This takes extraordinary trust, right? I, I'm just going to trust God. Whatever it was that was taken from me, I mean, there's justice, yes, and we're going to stand for justice. And if, But you know what? Ultimately, I'm going to trust him, and, and I'm going to trust for his provision, and I'm going to trust that he's going to be working in whoever's individual's lives that find it necessary to do things that harm someone else. And then this is the context that Jesus says the golden rule. Do unto others as you would like them to do to you. When, when people are being mean to you, when people insult you, when people mock you, when people do things that they shouldn't do and they're rude to you and they sin against you, Figure out a way to do back to them what you would really have wanted them to do to you instead of what they actually did. And then he just kind of drives this thing home. I mean, this is like a dagger. It's like, oh, this is, this is the convicting part. He's, he goes on in verse 32. He says, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? That's easy. Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good only to those who do good to you, why, why should you get any credit for that? Everybody does that. Everybody lives like that. Every, everybody does that. That's easy. That's, that's, low, that's bottom rung living. And I'm calling you to top rung living. This is a piece of cake. Everybody does this, but I'm calling you to something different. If you do this, you know what? Your light doesn't really shine because everybody's doing this. But instead of bottom row rung living, you're top rung living. 
Oh, your light's going to shine, and it's going to shine extraordinarily bright. He goes on. He says, if you lend money only to those who can repay you, in other words, I'm not going to give you any money. I, I just expend it. I, I expect it you know, to come back. Or it, This is kind of like, you know what? I, I'm going to give them a Christmas gift, and I'm going to tell them I don't really want anything back, but I kind of want something back. Right? So I'm, I'm giving you a Christmas gift, and I'm a little bit offended if I don't get one in return. Whoa. Whoa, whoa. Why should you get credit for that? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. That's what everybody does. So Jesus says, love your enemies. Do good to them. Figure out how to repay them in a way that, that makes them, that, that throws them off. It's like, because, because they want you to respond in like. They want you not to be top-rung living. They want you to come down to, to, to bottom-rung living where they're living. They want you to engage with them at that level. And so if you refuse to do that and you figure out a way to do good, whether that's biting your tongue, whether that's returning a compliment instead of an insult, whether that's just baking them something and leaving it on their doorstep and they just can't understand why in the world you keep doing good instead of exchanging evil for evil. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you will truly be, here, here's the, the kingdom living part. And you will be truly acting as children of the Most High. Why? Because that's who we are as Jesus followers. And so if that's who we are, then maybe we should act that way. And that is kingdom-mindedness, this kingdom that we've been invited to, where everybody else who, who has not received Christ as Savior, that doesn't see the need for that, doesn't want that, and they, they really live in a kingdom of self. And Jesus is saying, I want to invite you into the kingdom of God, where you become one of your heavenly Father's children, where not only are you in the family of God, but you, you are in the nation of God. You're, you're in this kingdom of God. And when you live this way, you are acting as though you're actually one of God's children. You are actually acting as if you are a citizen of heaven. For God... God is kind to those who are grateful and nice. Nope. God is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. And here we are on Palm Sunday, and I just am reminded of Jesus, you know, you know one day he is, he, they, everyone wants to declare him king, and a week later, you know, just a few days later, they are the very ones who are crucifying him. Why? Because he didn't do what they wanted him to do, and they were disappointed in him, and so they turned on him. 
And in their, you know, position of self and in their wickedness and in their ungratefulness and in their misunderstanding of what it is that he came to do. Did he repay them? What does he say from the cross? Father? Oh. Whoa. Forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. In other words, if they understood what it was they were actually doing, I don't think they would probably do it, but they don't really understand. So my approach is I want forgiveness for them and compassion. That's why he says in the next verse, you must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. Someone sinned against you. What's your response to them? See, kingdom living, this is, so, this is so important. Don't ever forget the distance between the position we have in Christ versus the position we once had in self. Some of you, you have walked with Jesus so long and you have allowed him to clean up your life and now you look at these people that, that are living in the kingdom of self and you can't understand why they do what they do. Because you have forgotten the distance between when you were in the kingdom of self and now you're in this, you know, the position of being in Christ. And so there's, there's you can't compute why they would be mean, why they would be rude, why, why they, you know, they're so impatient. See, when you understand the distance and when you understand what it is you have been forgiven of and when you understand your, your, your knee-jerk reactions where you can be ungrateful and you can have a, you know, a sense of wickedness even in ourselves to say, you know what, when I look at that and I look at the distance from this position of self to now being clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, I can look at this individual and instead of just reacting to them and what it is they're doing in the moment, I'm just kind of like, I have compassion because there must be a, some kind of offense, some kind of hurt, some kind of deep, deep pain in their past that is causing that to come out of them in this moment. And if I was to sit down and listen to their story, I probably would walk away with some compassion instead of judgment. Kingdom living, this is top shelf kingdom living that can only happen when our security and value come from Jesus. Because I tell you what, if we're going to just live out of our insecurities, we will, we will never run towards top shelf living, ever, if we're living out of our insecurities and not allowing Jesus to define who we are and whose we are. This is a sidebar, but this is an important sidebar. It's a bit of a painful sidebar, but it's important. Your reactions show your children how to react. It makes no difference what you tell them and how you tell them they should react when you show them something else. That's the gospel. That's truth to them. How you do it, not necessarily how you say they should.
And, and, and Jen and I, that was accountability, accountability, and then you stack pastor title on top of it and double accountability because everybody's watching the pastor's kids. And your reactions, they show your children how to do this. So the Apostle Paul, he just kind of wraps this whole thing up and says some things that I think are extraordinarily important in Romans chapter 12. He says, never pay back evil with evil, with more evil. He says, dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. In other words, you know, I don't know what to do with this individual. I don't know what to do with this situation. The only thing I know to do is if, if, if I can't figure out a way, I just, how to, to interact with them and, 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 and do it, I, I just, I'm going to place them into my Father's hands. And I'm going to trust Him that He will bring about justice and He will do the right thing and He will pay back in His time and in His way and I don't have to worry about it. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads, to which our reaction to this, to Paul, is yes. Right? Pay them back. And then it's kind of like, oh, well, maybe I should go, you know, a couple verses ahead. And it's all of a sudden like we forgot this altogether. Don't pay back evil with more evil. Don't take revenge. Okay, what is paying back? Revenge. Okay, the purpose of this isn't to get them back. The purpose of this is to say, you know what? I refuse to have bottom-rung living. I'm going to have top-rung living, and I'm going to trust my security. Is, my security is, is, is perfectly secure in Christ, and I'm going to live there. And so I'm going to respond to you. I'm going to do good to you even though you're not going to do good to me. I'm going to compliment you even when you find and go out of your way to insult me and criticize me. I'm going to figure out a way to not repay evil for evil. And what that does is it shines a mirror on them because they so want you to come down to the bottom rung living in the gunk where they are. And when you refuse to do that, it is a mirror to them. And in that mirror, our response to them should be compassion, not good. You're going to get what you deserve. Why? Well, I would hope on Palm Sunday and Easter week, we would understand why. Because the distance of the position I had in self and the position I have in Christ is... I have no other response but to have compassion and to do good. And so Paul says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Crossing, Kozad crossing, 
those of you watching online, what would it look like if we all did that? What, what, what would it look like if, if just us, if just us, what would it look like if just us, we practiced this and we got good at it? What, what kind of difference? Can you imagine the difference? Can you imagine the light that would shine all the way through, you know what, Gothenburg and Brady and, 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 and Maxwell and, 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 and Kozad and Eustace and Farnham and Lex in our areas where we work, in our families? Oh, come on. That light would be extraordinary. So let's go some for some top-shelf living. Let's be a church that models the way of what top-shelf living looks like. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, this is way easier to preach than it is to live. And so, Father, there's, there's people here that, man, following Jesus is brand new to them and and they just, they're just learning. So I, I just pray that they would know, man, it, it takes practice after practice after practice, practice, practice. And Father, to be in a, to be in a group where this is worked out and to be able to, to walk with one another as we fall and fail and sin and picked back up and practice and practice. Father, I pray that you would give us the courage. Help us to see it in the mirror, because sometimes we we react and we don't even we don't even see it. So I pray that maybe it would even start there where we would see. And then all of a sudden it'd be like, oh, I I don't want to react like that anymore. So God, would would you help us individually? Would you help us as a church to lead the way in what it looks like? To love those who are hard to love. To react to those that are mean to us or rude to us. That don't treat us well. Help us to follow you, Jesus, in that moment. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.